everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Chris Live, the live stream and the podcast available everywhere after the fact on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, DeanBlundell.com, our podcast host as a podcast network. And of course, we're streaming live today everywhere. We're on the Big Chris Radio Facebook page. Thank you for those joining us via Facebook. And we're on Twitter and YouTube, courtesy of the Dean Blundell Network. My guests, a lot of hype over this one. People pretty excited for my chat. And I wasn't sure it was left ambiguous as to whether Craig would be joining us or not. I build it. I'm sorry, Craig, as Rob Baker, as the guest on the podcast today. But I'm certainly happy to have both of you guys. We're going to be talking Strippers Union today. Welcome. 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 Thanks for having us, Chris. For having us, Rob Baker and friend. And friend, nice. come on now. Nice to see you, Craig. <laughs> I never too. get to see you. You're so far away. I know. I was trying to be ambiguous and not show up, but I realized you would be here, so I decided to come. That I must be that. this. When have you guys actually been in person together? When was the last last time? Uh, just uh, the pandemic. Just just right before we finished drums and bass out here in Vancouver. Wow. Yeah, I I flew out to Vancouver in last January. I guess it's two Januarys ago now with uh, my hard drive under my arm. We put bass and drums on over three days. And uh, I think the day after I got home, the lockdown happened. So. And that was it. And that was okay. Well, we ain't going nowhere now. Well, the record is out. And we're going to talk about it and also a little history of the strippers union. But I have a question off the top, guys. Why is strippers union? Why not free market capitalist strippers? Why do they have to be unionized? Because they're objectified and treated poorly, and uh, and it's that's the necessitates a union. Well, that's yeah, true. So I... We're we're good union members, musicians' union, because we're objectified and treated poorly. Right. We identify. I understand. Okay. Well, then, so surely though, it can't be that rough a ride now. But you must remember some of the early days, the days in the van and things. Absolutely. And uh, the union a couple times really went to bat for us when we were starting out, right. a young band. So, yeah, I'm a card-carrying union member. For sure. You know, you know, you're always back to the van, so you're never that far away from the van. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? That's the attitude that keeps you hungry and keeps making great music. And like I say, there's lots to discuss in terms of the musical heritage of the band. First record, debut record, Strippers Union, Local 518. That was what, 05? And then. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then The Deuce, which was uh, 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Could be, yeah. Yeah. And so it's been, yeah. So the billing I saw was it's been 10 years since the the last record from Strippers Union. So that would make, make sense then, 2011 being The Deuce. Was there. So I guess, Rob, on your behalf, was there some time after the Gord thing and, and the, the dissolvement of the hip in a way, um, was there an unpacking period before you wanted to get going with Strippers Union or was, was things left ambiguous 10 years ago whenever the last tour of the ra- last album cycle wrapped up? Yeah, I think when the Gord thing happened, certainly uh, the rug was pulled out from under me on any number of levels uh, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while I was trying to figure that out, I just came down to my studio and started plugging away. Uh, it was a way of uh, kind of calming my mind and not thinking about all those questions. And uh, in the process of calming my mind, I came up with a lot of musical demos, which I started firing to Craig and 
uh, I was able to get Craig on his way through town, I think maybe with Stephen Page or maybe with Art of Time, but I was able to get him uh, into my basement studio for a couple of days and we knocked out, I think, five tunes in two days, which is pretty par for the course for us. Yeah, that's a good uh, rate. And then, yeah, and then there were maybe two other times where we got together like that and had good productive sessions and then maybe one other time where we knocked out a tune together in an afternoon nice. but uh yeah i didn't know what i was going to do and i didn't know whether there'd be another strippers union album i really didn't know i was just uh i was just fending off all those thoughts of well your life's over your dream has ended and uh how long do i have to sit in god's waiting room before they call my name wow uh, those are some heavy. Then, those are some heavy themes. Yeah, well, that's you know, it was uh, being being in a band, my band, the Hip. <laughs> you know, that was yeah. uh, my dream from the time I was a little kid. Even before I knew that was the dream, that that was the dream. Yeah. And uh, and I got to live that dream, and it came to a very nice, uh, on on some level, a very nice end. A very like it tied up into a proper bow proper bow craig what was it like when you got all of a sudden an email from rob or a, or a dropbox link or whatever however you guys transmit your music what was it like when that then that when that came down were you surprised were you like what was your overall feeling like oh rob wants to work together again obviously excitement yeah i, I i'm always excited to hear what he sends me and I was just, as Rob was saying, I was just waiting till Rob was ready. I mean, I, I assume we're always going to do something. Um, I just don't know when. And I, I have my irons in so many fires that, and we're both family guys, that there's no uh, lack of things to do. And um, and I was, you know, I was working my way through some of the existential things too on a much uh, more microscopic level. It came at the right time, and we had time to put it together and put the thought and the, the detail into it. So, yes, excited, happy to be working on it for the, some of the same reasons Rob's touched on. And was there, was there a loss, or, or what led you to some of those themes that you identified with? Oh, well, we share, we share some of the experiences together, mm -hmm. and, at, and also anybody's life is full of these themes everybody's and especially now we're we're pretty lucky to be making music in a pandemic and rob touches on this a lot we're very lucky people have been hit hard by this and lost a lot so we tend to have as you could as evidenced by the music a real sense of humor a dark sense of humor so uh, it really helps us. The music is uh, a healing component of our lives and being together and working on it, even from afar, is uh, really important for us. Well, you mentioned that dark sense of humor, Craig, and I, I can't help but think of maybe some of the lyrics or themes uh, from The Odds. Uh, and, and for those who aren't familiar, we're, we're talking to Craig Northey along with Rob Baker from The Tragically Hip. People recognize Rob because of his uh, goatee and his long hair, which has become iconic in Canadian music. But Craig was the vocalist and uh, songwriter for The Odds, which is another great Canadian band of the 1990s. And, and uh, uh, do, you, do you find, do you look back? Because as soon as you said that, I identified with The Odds saying, well, there was a bit of a sort of darkness to those lyrics uh, dark humor we're still together 32 years later and right. still making 
records. Another one coming out. So the uh, the darkness has never ended. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think uh, it's just a way of of looking at the world. Um, there's there's a complexity to a sense of humor, and I think um, my own existential dread uh, comes out in it. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now the connection, Craig. You know, Rob. Of course, you. You know, we've seen each other. I was joking on the last last podcast about how you know I see the guys from the hip. If you live in Kingston and you go out in Kingston, you get to meet the guys in the hip. And and hey, who's that guy standing four people ahead of me in the lineup at Tim Hortons wearing a Civil War jacket and leopard print pants? Oh, it's Rob Baker. Yeah. Um, so you know, we've had plenty of right. yeah, plenty of plenty of chances to run into each other. But Craig, this is our first meeting, obviously through through a screen, but. I heard about you a long, long time ago, and, and I lo- I'll put a picture up here of this guy in the middle. That's myself on the left, my other friend, another broadcaster and stand-up comic named Dan Allaire, and in the middle is Graham Greer. Do you remember Graham Greer? Of course. Of course I do, yeah. Barstool, Barstool. Prophets. Yeah. Yeah, and he uh, always spoke so favorably about uh, going out on tour uh, uh, with the odds and uh, just you in general and just the whole vibe. Do you, do you remember any of those tours? It's so hard to remember things back before digital cameras. Sometimes I find. Yeah, it wasn't. You didn't have the digital camera in in your mind like the Instagram reflex that hey, that would be good to post. It just uh, no, that would be good. That's all. That's as far as it went. Yeah. But, uh, um, I'm not sure about specific incidents. I, I you know, yeah. don't ask, don't tell. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I did enjoy being around those guys. They were really good folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know Graham a bit too, right, Rob? Yeah, there were, uh, I know, I remember at least one show, I think in Regina, maybe Saskatoon with those guys. But I think there were a few shows along the way, various yeah. bills. Yeah, good yeah, band, yeah. solid guys. Yeah. Uh, Almost everyone we played with on the road over the years, they, they were just good guys doing the same thing we were doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, like I say, uh, uh, Barstool Prophets, I lived in Cornwall for a couple of years, chummed around with Graham a bit, and uh, he had nothing but great things to say. At the time, he was sort of doing some solo stuff and maybe teaching music a little bit on the side, um, uh, sort of uh, sitting on the back burner a bit, um, but always had great things to say about his time on the road uh, with all the great Canadians. I'm sure others in- included, other than you guys as well. well that's um, appreciated. I like his solo stuff. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Very thoughtful lyricist as well i find um so strippers union new record let's talk about this new one uh there was something on twitter that i clicked and i purchased it was some special thing Uh, you didn't even have to sell me on it i just clicked and bought it uh so i got some special edition thing coming in the mail but um but uh, tell me about the record guys like obviously you recorded a lot of it just before the pandemic you said the drums and bass right um how did we rest of we recorded over uh the course of a bunch of years some of these songs for me music ideas date back maybe eight years wow. uh i think the first session where craig and i got together and started hammering out lyrics was maybe four years ago mm-hmm. does that sound right craig yeah about four maybe maybe even five but probably four yeah so plugging away uh taking our sweet time not really knowing what it was going to turn into and then uh, there ended up being a lot of songs that I was very uh, proud of, fond of, and I've always, in the past, I've always been a big fan of uh, edit, edit until it hurts. Uh, 
cut it until, you know, till it won't bleed anymore. But in this case, it was, uh, I decided to change tack and uh, it's uh, leave them wanting less. So we included all 18 songs that we finished. And uh, yeah, we just had our sweet time to pick away at it. And we were able to get it done with the bass and drums just under the wire of the lockdown, which left me a bunch of time to go into the studio in uh, Bath after quarantining for two weeks. Went into Bath and hung out with Niles, our engineer there, and, and mixed the tunes. And we'd send Craig mixes, and Craig has great big ears, and he could pinpoint little frequencies. And maybe you need to pan the hi-hat 15 degrees one way to make room for the acoustic guitar, all that stuff, the the love and detail that goes into it. And then I had time to sit around. What am I going to do? I've got all this time. I can't go anywhere. Yeah, I may as well draw a picture for every song, not knowing what that was going to be. And then it ended up being the album package. That's probably and, what and I we thought. <laughs> we thought, why would we put out uh, CDs? You know, you'd pretty much have to go to Walmart to get it. Uh, I'm a big fan of vinyl records. That's what I collected as a kid all through my teen years. You moved away from it at some point. And strangely enough, I'm right back into it, vinyl. So uh, we just thought, oh, we'll put out 1,000 vinyl records, and then it will exist as a streaming thing beyond that. So That's awesome. Well, obviously, it'll be streaming everywhere, or it is streaming everywhere you find music. And uh, I guess that's what I purchased the other day was one of those vinyls. Woo! Yep. That one. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I think it, I think it looks good. I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, proud well, of the music, proud of the package. I've been following you guys on YouTube as well, um, and it seems like a bit of a family affair because you guys were jamming like remotely or something, right? Wasn't there a thing? And, and wasn't your son on bass, I think, Rob? And yeah. then your son was videoing it, right, Craig? Yeah, well, he, he did some post-production for us, but right. Rob, was, Rob was in the room. He's in over there. Uh, oh, this way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Rob's in, the, in over there, and I was here, and... Um, so we, you know, there's, there's sort of secret ways of getting that done. Yeah. 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 Like, how do you deal with that? The latency on that? That's, that's a lot of gear. Yeah. You kind of have to do it separately. Uh, in uh -huh. spite of all the things they've figured out, you really, the latency is just too hard to overcome. Mm -hmm. I think they're still working on it, but it is a giant, giant problem. So yeah. uh, I recorded the parts with my son using the original drum loop as a guide track. So we had that in our headphones, played to the drum loop. Okay. And uh, fired that off, you know, filmed that, fired that off to Craig. Uh, he I could see. Add, okay. add the guitar and vocals over top of what we did. I got it. That's a lot of legwork just to, to do something. So I super appreciate your YouTube channel now even more. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's not easy. It's uh, this uh, whole lockdown thing is uh, forcing uh, forcing some ingenuity and uh, new ways of doing things. Tell me about it. I just played in a live streamed bagpipe recital, competitive bagpipe recital last weekend. I mean, that if that doesn't tell you how you have to adapt to the modern age, I mean, yeah. I don't know what does. You have to learn You're a piper, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Gordy Sinclair's a piper too. I, I've had chats with him. We had the same. Well, at least when I lived in Kingston, I went to the instructor who got him started, which is funny. Yeah, and that's that's good. He uh, he did very well. He uh, at one point he was uh, finished sixth in the world in Edinburgh under the age of sixteen. Yes, 
Yeah, and That's yeah, pretty, that was the word. Damn good. The word was he was a really good piper too. And I every time I see him, I was like, hey man, when are you going to pick up the practice chanter again? When are you going to get going again? I figured maybe, but he decided to put out a solo record. <sighs> I mean, who? <laughs> Why would he do that? <sighs> what what what's the point? B flat. What's that, Craig? I'm so sick of B flat. Yeah, it's it's only B flat. That's the only thing bagpipes can do. FYI, for the musicians in the crowd. DC tune. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was curious too because I also teach bagpipes a little bit on the side, and and yeah, that my oh, I lost all my students because of the pandemic, and I'm sure there's a million examples of people who have lost more than that um, yeah. during this pandemic. But again, like, how do you teach bagpipes over Zoom with you know the latency that happens in real time, right? So. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad you guys have got this record out. I'm super excited to have a listen to the vinyl version of it because vinyl is the new everything. Vinyl's the new stream. How about that? Has anyone coined that yet? <laughs> Throw that. New streaming. I, I, I love vinyl. I used to, you know, you, well, you could clean your bag of weed, get the seeds out with a, with a gatefold. Yeah. But, uh, but you knew where the record was recorded, who wrote what, what their publishing companies were, who produced everything. Yeah. Everyone, all that stuff gets lost with streaming. It's no so, one knows anything about the music, and it just becomes a background wallpaper. That's there are a, nice things about it too, but there's a lot that's lost. It's such a stoner thing too, is using the the records, using the gatefold to uh, to to line up all your ganja, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's also, it's also a painting, and I likened it to even CDs. It's the tangible thing that you can hand to somebody. So yeah. hey, here. We painted this. Here's our painting. And you can mail it to somebody. They get a physical thing in the mail. It's um, it's kind of a completely different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rob, you mentioned, uh, obviously, on the theme of cannabis, the Tragically Hip has their own cannabis line out there. Or is that or is that misappropriation? Because I know there's a Mill Street thing going on right now. Uh, we, uh, the we cannabis is yours, right? We had a deal with a cannabis company. Uh that company got bought out by another company oh. who is uh, letting letting or let our line run out. So we are now free agents in the world of cannabis. Anyone out there is looking to partner. Oh, well. but uh, Health Canada is very strict about what uh, bands, uh, celebrity endorsements. Oh, I see. Uh, any of that stuff. It, they're all pretty strict. Uh, they've taken a very cautious approach. Mm -hmm. and uh i think it's the right thing to do okay to pass pacify the people you know there are people who want the pedal to the metal and there are people who want to have their foot on the brake so just steer a nice even course down the middle of the road until everyone's comfortable and then you put the pedal down <laughs> well i was gonna say you know snoop dogg has his line and then seth rogan has a line i just think you guys the tragically hip i think are deserved but you're right i'm also all for playing by the rules as long as it gets us what we want as long as yeah. we get there right as long as we yep. as long as daddy gets his medicine we'll just uh <laughs> so it's not even fired up i'm sorry i was just doing that for show but <laughs> Um, but yeah, as long as we get to have it in stores and, and, and yeah, it's slow, but I'm all for slow and steady along with you, Rob. Um, but do you, can you talk about the mill street thing? Are you allowed to talk about that or no, that's not really. Okay. No. Fair enough. I, 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 I will say that we've made it through, uh, 30 something years as a band without having to sue anyone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that, uh, our songs, our name, uh, 
different things. Our image had been pillaged by any number of people. Mm-hmm. But we were able, always able to work it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the worst knockoff you've ever seen? Either one of you guys, Craig or Rob, the the biggest knockoff, whether it's a fake concert tee or a bootleg is, is, have there been some notable ones? Can you think of any? Yeah, there've been classic ones through the years, uh, bad rip off t-shirts, rip off merchandise. Yeah. Uh, it's something the hip deals with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be something pops up on the internet and it's whack-a-mole. You, you bop them on the head and they change their name and they pop up two days later someplace else yeah. and selling the same crap. And the web servers say, well, it's not our problem. So, uh, but yeah, there was a, there was a crazy uh, black and white <laughs> t-shirt. The horse had demon eyes, glowing red eyes, and it said Apple's Road. <laughs> it's like not even close yeah. really but. <laughs> it's like a, it's like even even a fake concert t-shirt but then the wish version of that is what you're yeah, looking yeah. at <laughs> so you so you go to the people and you say you're not allowed to do that give me one yeah <laughs> yeah i would love an apple's road t-shirt i'm telling you that would i be got one I do got you have one, one? <laughs> oh yeah i got one that's awesome i wish i had Oh, I meant to bring it down here. Anyways, I had a mug. Um, well, actually, there were rolling papers and there was a mug. But it was... Uh, I wish I had it. Anyways, I screwed up. This is part of my show prep. I screwed it up. Anyways, um, it was a, a, a mug and they had a rolling paper version of it. And it had the zigzag pirate guy, but it had Justin Trudeau's face instead of the zigzag and this was p- before legalization and he was still yeah. he was running on the platform of legalizing it and i bought I like that nice. i bought that mug up like that like oh i was like i'll take one i'll take two and there was rolling papers that were similar too and i was i always thought that was one of the best knockoffs best knockoff products i've ever seen and uh yeah, yeah. oh my dutiful wife heard me bellowing <laughs> and she's like six weeks away from giving birth guys she's in her third trimester anyways here it is right here zigzag uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good right like it's pretty good like it. and i've had that like for it. before legalization for sure like six seven years and it's still the dishwasher hasn't washed it off it was really good quality um, yeah, I'm having a kid, by the way. Um, and yeah, I, that's awesome. you guys yeah, obviously, um, did you push Boris into being a great musician, Rob, or did he find it on his own? Not at all. Uh, it was something he came to. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a fine bass player. He has great timing, like uh, really masterful control of, you know, laying behind the beat or pushing the beat as required mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or playing exactly on the beat, which doesn't seem like it should be that hard to do. Oh, it is. Greg will know. It's not, it's hard to be like a metronome. Yeah. Uh, if you can do that, <laughs> that's an ace in the hole. Any fatherhood advice, Craig, from you? From me? Yeah. Not Boris. Boris needs no advice from me, but. No, I meant for me as a new dad. <laughs> You. Well, I think I think Rob uh, uh, sort of touched on it. Let them come to it and just just help them with whatever they seem interested in. Because I think building the passion in a person is the most important thing. It doesn't really matter what it is as long as it's not you know murdering people or something like that. <laughs> kind of you just kind of help them. Mine have gone other directions, and and I really have enjoyed watching them do it. 
Yeah. yeah. Seeing all those years riding a hockey bus with my son and seeing parents pushing their kids and living their dream through their kid yeah. made me so sad, so so uneasy. I, so yeah, you just let them find their find their thing and be supportive. And I obviously am I'm thinking in the same way, but there is a gut thing in me that really wants my daughter to play the bagpipes. You know, like I, like I do, but yeah. I'm trying not to be the bagpipe dad. I don't want to be the hockey dad, bagpipe dad. I don't want to do that. You uh, you have bagpipes laying around. Make have, sure there's always a chanter oh, yeah. within arm's reach. Yeah. And if she wants it, she'll find it. Yeah. If you're, if you're super excited about it and you always exhibit joy from the bagpipes, I think that uh, that will translate to your, your kids. I think mine, mine picked up on... I was I did do a lot of film and television work and almost exclusively in comedy and so mm -hmm. my kids were around that and all of them two of them really picked up on that and then made that their life is you know film and television and acting and the dramatic arts right the other kid I I love hockey he's a hockey player so I, I never pushed at all because our rule was if you ever complain about getting up early for practice or anything like that we just won't go it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's on them, right? I guess, yeah, and that's the right way to do it. I guess I'll just have the, the instrument lying around. Or I've already been playing, like, practice chanter or singing bagpipe songs to her uh, while she's in the womb, so I'm hoping she's going to take to it. But you're right, I can't push her there. Also, we had our, like, short list of names, and uh, one of the names that we had as a short list was Piper. And I decided, and you know, we know a Piper already, Rob. Emily Fennels yeah. has a daughter named yeah, Piper. And I was like, ah, well, I'd be kind of ripping off Emily's daughter's name. And then secondly, I was like, I don't want her to be 16 and then hate pipes because I tried to push her towards it. And they'd be like, yeah, and my dad named me after his favorite fucking hobby. I don't need an insolent 16-year-old <laughs> daughter all pissed off about her name on top of everything else that 16-year-old daughters do, right? So the cool thing about bagpipes is you know that they can hear that thing in the womb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she can. Yeah, she she'll she'll start up a kicking storm anytime I have a little practice session in the basement. Um, all right. So before we, we wrap this up, guys, I really love chatting with you both. You're awesome people, and this has been determined through not just myself, but everyone else's anecdotes as well. Um, but I want to play a clip. This is um, actually a video or a live video that I took on the day of the final hip concert in Kingston, Ontario. And it's going to lead to a question that I had hit up Rob on Twitter years ago that he answered, but I'm hoping he can elaborate on it. Anyways, here is the video. You're going to recognize King Street. All right, I'm live right now on King Street here in Kingston, Ontario. You can see the stage oh, the where the uh, CBC is going to be rebroadcast in Springer Market Square of Kingston. Anyways, that's video outside of Bubba's Restaurant on King Street. And yeah. uh, you told me a long time ago, Rob, that the, the, uh, the name for Live Between Us or Live Between Us, that's another question, we'll follow up with that one, but that the title of that record was graffiti in the alleyway next to Bubba's. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Our uh, original sax player, Davis Manning, going way back before the Baby Blue record, before Paul was even in the band. So wow. we're talking over 30 years ago, 35 years ago or something. Uh, Davis Manning and a couple other guys painted uh, a mural and it said, the hip lived between us. 
Uh, it's very colorful little mural, and we just thought, oh, the hip live between us. I see. So, so it is. Is it? A, is it an either or? Is it a tomato tomato live or live between us? Or yeah, it, I think it was originally created as the hip live between us, and we just thought, oh, we can. It's spelled the same way. We'll use that for live between us. That's so. Oh, so the album is live between us. Okay, good. Well, that's that answers the mystery. I'd always known that little piece of Kingston trivia that that was where the album title came from was that was that little tiny and it's a dicey looking alley too i mean <laughs> it's, um, yeah it's and it's been painted over the mural's been painted over yeah they didn't realize the importance of the history of <laughs> honestly rob you and they i say, they save every last stove that uh, sir john a Macdonald ever used exactly and, <laughs> you and I know the city council of Kingston quite well. And, and we know they love saving things. They love saving things. I don't know why they couldn't have saved that. It's outrageous. Damn it. I'm going to write a letter to the editor. And, and, uh, inarguably, you're going to have a way better reputation in 100 years than Sir John A. has right now. Yeah. We, we hope. We hope. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Unless somehow guitar becomes incredibly unwoke in the next hundred years. But uh, I really love chatting with you both. Rob Baker, Craig Northey, Strippers Union, and the new record is out there now. I've got my vinyl copy coming. And of course, check out their back catalog too, because it's killer. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks again for being on Big Chris Live, available everywhere. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, After the Fact, and audio. You can take us with you in your car that way. Listen hands-free or on YouTube, DeanTube, and uh, Facebook Live as well. Thanks for everyone checking out the stream today. Rob Baker, Craig Northy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. See you, Chris. Hey listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back and that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. 
wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.